Eagle looking great. Here we go. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Sci-Fi Wise Guys, your premier podcast when it comes to straight-to-stream science fiction and science fiction adjacent movies, television shows, web originals. Uh, what's the other one called? YouTube Shorts, YouTube Originals, Web Distribute Series originals. Distribute Originals. Yeah, all those things. I'm one of your hosts, Chris. And I'm the other host, Anthony. What's up, buddy? Hey, I like the way you teed up that ancient joke. <laughs> not even funny anymore all the bits all, all of the, the bits oh we're gonna do all the bits because I, I, uh, a bit is coming back for this episode <laughs> oh good i can't Maybe think more of than one <laughs> that we've forgotten <laughs> you know the bits come and go uh, as we see fit yeah. as the mood hits us as the mood hits us but no i've been good uh busy 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 with work mm-hmm. happy belated birthday to you oh thank you it was yesterday yeah i hope that all your dreams came true i know they didn't you know, um, two thirds of my dreams came true. Um, okay, you know, I'll, <laughs> it, I'll allow it. Th- there was a majority that didn't occur the way that I wanted, but I mean, outside of that particular gift, I yeah, everything else, everything else yeah, that I wanted. Good. So. good. Um, have you ever thought about spelling your name with an extra S, Chris? No, no. And people just call you Chris, but it has two S's. No. There was a period in elementary school in direct defiance of my fifth grade teacher. So she was a real smart ass um, because there were multiple Chris's in my class. Mm. So I would write Chris M at the top of my thing. Sure. And then she kept calling me Chris M in class. I was like, why are you doing that? My name is Chris. She's like, well, you keep signing your, or you keep writing your name as Chris M. And I was like, cool. So I just started writing the word Christ. Oh, Because it's in my name. It's like, here's the deal. Yeah. If anyone's mad about that, it's my name. It's your uh, sure sure. So like for a, like for two weeks she wouldn't call me Christ. Then there was a parent teacher conference. Uh, <laughs> so that's um, good. That's it, good. It, it, Christopher, <laughs> Christopher was the name that my parents and my fifth grade teacher settled on. Nice, so, nice. Yeah. I had uh, lots of issues with teachers because I go by my middle name. My middle name is Anthony. You know, the elementary school wasn't a big deal, but once I hit junior high and had like multiple teachers throughout the day, there was at least one. It's usually more a year who just refused. Just re- like they would call you Chris, even though it's written down Christopher, but they won't call me Anthony, which is also my name. Whatever. <laughs> Two times it got to the point where I just started ignoring them. Yeah. Just that's you're not going to call me by my name. I'm not going to respond. And I think I might have shared that story before. <laughs> the reason I asked Chris. Yeah. S- about uh, the spelling of your name is because the the lead character in the film we watched today is named Wolf. Yeah. With two Fs. His last name in real life is Strauss. Yeah. With two S's. <laughs> with two S. I think that's actually legit. And then our secondary, their name is Nikki, but with just one K. <laughs> They're just using consonants however they feel like using them. And in real life, her name is Molly with two L's. Oh, I was going to say Molly <laughs> Ringwald with only one eye. With only one eye. <laughs> there you go. That's how you know you're getting good sci-fis. You get these conventional names, Wolf, Nikki, Washington. That one's spelled normally. And they're just spelled incorrectly. Uh, Megan, M-E-A-G-A-N. I know I just upset several people, but that's wrong. <laughs> Meghan. 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 At least it doesn't have an H in it. 
Yeah. <laughs> Regardless, I a month and a half ago now, I went onto social media. I went on the Twitter. I was in the Twitterverse, and I asked a very simple question. I said, "Hey, what is your favorite low-budget sci-fi movie?" And the first response I got was Space Hunter colon Adventures in the Forbidden Zone uh, for one of our followers there. This is a 1983 American-Canadian space western film. Uh, we already mentioned, well, we half mentioned Peter Strauss, uh, Molly Ringwald, Ernie Hudson, was it Andrea, Andrea, Marka, Markovici, and Michael Ironside. This film, I guess they they were in a flashback, in a flash forward to the hmm. to the aughts. They advertised it as a 3D movie. That was their whole shtick. Is like, look at this cool 3D film we're making. It's about what if Han Solo was stuck on Mad Max planet, and we're gonna release <laughs> it a week before Return of the what is it? The Return of the Jedi. Return of Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. Super smart. Super smart. Let's get some facts out of the way, Chris. On IMDb. Space Hunter, colon, Adventures in the Forbidden Zone, also known as Space Hunter, Adventures in the Forbidden Zone in 3D, is sitting at a 5.4 out of 10 stars with a median score of 6. 5 and 6 are tied at 20.5% of the votes. (laughs) 14.5% rated at a 7, 12.6 rated at a 4, everything else is is lower. Uh, So middling. I'm surprised. I'm surprised at the 5.4 because I feel like there's more ratings above a six than below. That's just the way they do their weighted average. The the arithmetic mean is 5.6, median of six. Yeah. But the IMD weighted average of 5.4. Over on Letterboxd, this thing is sitting at 2.6 out of five stars. I see. 72% of Google users like this movie. Oh, I'm going to impact that. I'm not going to tell you which way as of right now. And then believe it or not on Rotten Tomatoes, 29% rotten <laughs> based on 14 reviews. Believe it or not. 36% average audience score based on 2,500 ratings. What was so the Anthony, audience score again? 36%. 36%. Well, let me, let me blurb you real quick. Let me blurb you. Again? Uh, we haven't blurbed yet. Not we just not <laughs> We haven't blurbed. I'm going to actually blurb you from Letterboxd, which uh, has cover art that just says Space Hunter and nothing else. It's actually, it's got like a painting going on. Uh, it's pretty interesting. You should check it out. I, I don't know if it's legit or not, but it's there. The blurb reads, Journey with Wolf and Nikki, an interstellar adventure and young rebel on a mission to, re- there is a period after Rebel that doesn't, yeah. On a mission to rescue three stranded women from a planet no one has warned them about because no one has ever returned. No. Lots of problems with that. Uh, we'll swing back around. <laughs> we'll swing back around. On IMDb, the blurb reads, on a distant planet inhabited by mutants, two bounty hunters race to rescue Earth female captives, three Earth female captives from the clutches of an evil mutant warlord. A little bit more to the point. Did you have any other blurbs out there? No. no? Was Negative. that that's it, huh? Nope. Okay. Uh, Anthony. I don't uh oh. Yes, Chris. Did you like this movie? <laughs> <laughs> We're just jumping to jumping right in, huh? Uh I give me give me your initial thoughts and opinions and then tell me if you liked it or not. <laughs> okay. So seeing this film through the lens of asking for low budget science fiction. And then getting a film that was originally released in 3D in 1983, this film is great. I like it. It's fun. Is it good? No, it's not good. 
Uh, is it worth watching? Probably not. Uh, uh, not. Not. I would I recommend it to somebody who's just like I'm looking for a sci-fi film. No, probably not. Uh, you have to be in the shtick. I think you know you have to be one of us if <laughs> if that makes sense uh, to enjoy it. But I enjoyed my time with it. Uh, we watched this, or I watched this, anyways, on Tubi. Uh, mm-hmm. So it did have some ad breaks, which were nice. So I could get up and uh, get some water and shake off the ridiculousness, ridiculousness that uh, okay. occurred on screen. You actually got ad breaks? I did. Did you not? Tubi would be like, hey, we're pausing the show for an ad. And by the time I could read that it was saying that it was pausing the show for the ad, it yeah. continued. <laughs> Weird. My ad breaks were like, uh, for, I'm trying to remember the name. Was it IMDb TV, which I think has got a different name now. Yes. That we, we watched, watched the Russian Avengers on? Yes. Where Rush the ad breaks... Four. Yeah. The <laughs> ad breaks got longer and longer as it went. The 2B ad breaks got shorter and shorter as it went. Mm. Like the first ad break was like a solid two minutes at least, maybe even three. And then everyone after that got shorter and shorter. The last one, the last couple were just 30 second ads. So I don't know if they ran out of ads or they just front load it. Uh, they assume that no one finishes <laughs> Space Hunter Adventures in the Forbidden Zone. So they want to get their ad money as early yeah, as possible. That's what I was thinking I of. Know. Like some guys <laughs> like, hey, um, John. Yeah, what's up, Tim? Um, someone's still watching Space Hunter. <laughs> And it's really? like, there's like a chalk, there's like a whiteboard that's got all the bad movies on it at the very, very far end. Like, like, you know, like the Deadpool joke from the movie yeah. Deadpool, like the yeah, very, the very bottom says Space Hunter. And there's one line. There's two lines now, Chris. There's three. Two of us. Three. Oh no. I actually really enjoyed this film. Reading the Wikipedia article concerning the production of the fil- of the movie is pretty interesting, like how this movie came to be and how it was made. It, I mean, it was a cash grab for the whole 3D shtick. Mm-hmm. I honestly don't know if it fits in our low budget category as it has a budget of 12 to $14 million. I'm glad you brought it up. Return of the Jedi's budget was yeah. 32.5 to 42.7 million. Yeah, so the third Star Wars movie, <laughs> the movie that was going to sell the most tickets in 1983 versus this i mean star it's like half the budget yeah star wars retroactively titled as star wars episode four a new hope 11 million dollar budget okay maybe this is a low budget i don't know empire strikes back 30 oh wow wow so. they couldn't get more than two extra two million extra after <laughs> empire i mean wow. i guess i mean like well it said it said 247 so who knows oh it's it's a range i mean i would say maybe. who knows how much harrison ford got paid to come back for the third film well, I mean, maybe re- maybe they had to reshoot or something, and that's the reason oh, why no maybe. one knows the exact maybe. budget. I have a lot of thoughts about this film. Production issues aside, I think they, they fired the director like two weeks into shooting because it was just not getting done. They completely rewrote the script like on set. Good guys became bad guys and vice versa. And they interviewed Peter Strauss and Molly Ringwald about it. They both said it was super confusing and hard to track everything. And so there's a bit of inconsistency in the character uh, acting because of that. But Molly was actually, uh, she said she was happy with the changes because she liked the character, but the dialogue was garbage. And so what we got was a, an upgrade, apparently. Um, I know I, I did the math earlier. And we can do the math again here in a moment. She was born in... Do, do, do... 68. 68. So in 83, she would have been what, 15? 
Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, this is her. Well, and who knows if it was actually like that's just when it was yeah, released. That's when it released. Who knows when it was filmed? Well, seeing how quickly they pushed it through, I'm assuming yeah. she was. She might have been 14, but she was 14, 15 during production. So fifth credit. It's you know, fifth credit overall. Oh, uh, it's her second film. Yeah. Yeah. She, well, I just meant fifth she, credit. Right on after IMDb this, she goes and, and does 16 Candles. So the Breakfast Club, Pretty <laughs> Pink. Like she just yeah. like nails three like the preeminent teen movies. Of the late eighties, the yeah. mid to late eighties, and the early nineties, like just nailed them. <laughs> Way to go! Yeah. All because of Space Hunter. Yeah, adventures. Like if it wasn't for her <laughs> being in this film, because, I think it might have been because of the facts of life. <laughs> you think so? Are you sure? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I don't know, man. I don't she's know. In the, she's I, in no, the Tempest. I uh, cool. I will say this is yet another film that is a candidate for being a a better product for episodic viewing for television. It definitely feels like a bunch of different, it just feels like a bunch of things just kind of hobbled together. Like they move from one place to another, something happens. They move from that place to the next place and something else happens that's unrelated to everything else. And then they go to a third place and something else happens. And that makes sense because the movie's called Adventures in the forbidden zone. So it's like a series of unrelated events as they're trying to get to the end of the, uh, well, get to their goal. I just want to point out that they got out of the forbidden zone just fine. It was all, the whole movie's just getting in to the forbidden zone. And then five seconds later, they're out of the forbidden zone. Fair enough. Fair enough. I've got a couple notes on the, on a couple things you said, but it was like a theme park. Yeah, absolutely. it really was like like not just in the way that it was an adventure, but like listeners, if you haven't been to a theme park before, you know, you should do that if you can afford it. But <laughs> what's great about a theme park is like you you go, you spend all day trying to get on a ride or an experience that lasts anywhere from two to five minutes. If you're lucky. If that, yeah. When I went to Disney on Rise of the Resistance, it was like a 15 minute thing. I was in line for an about 40 minutes, but as soon as you're done, they're like, cool, now get out of here. Yep. And that's what I felt like Wolf would, he he would get on a ride and then he would get off and then he'd go wait in line for another ride. Then he'd get off and then do it again and then do it again and then do it again. And it's like, all right, cool. Theme park's closing. You can leave now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And that was the end of the movie. I I do want to give a shout out to the production as in like the costuming, the sets, the the props, the crew. Yeah. Knowing the budget, knowing the issues they had in creating this film and, and the what the script went through, I think they did a pretty good job. I enjoyed the use of miniatures when that happened. <laughs> I liked the sets. They were very reminiscent of like a Mad Max type thing. I think I already made the Han Solo and Mad Max joke. I'm making it again. At one point, he's on that giant railroad ship thing, which I'm sorry. If you're worried about getting ambushed, the last thing you want to do is take a mode of transportation that has to go on rail. Like it's, it has to, of course they got ambushed. Anyways, uh, it reminded me, like it looked like they were jumping around like a children's park, like a playground. Like he had the bouncy bridge and then there was a little bit of a jungle gym and it makes me wonder if they repurposed some children's playground sets. I liked this movie. You liked it? Good. I I didn't ask, but I'm glad you said. Tell me about it. I, I really... I really liked this movie. <laughs> I got a couple notes. One, I think this movie could have just been called Space Hunter. <laughs> Adventures in the Forbidden Zone sounds like... Here, I'm going to do it. 
Adventures in the Forbidden Zone. That's, that's what really, it sounded like to me. That's really good. I, I'm gonna just I'm gonna interrupt you for a moment. <laughs> One, they had the subtitle because they obviously were setting up for a sequel that was never gonna happen. But two, oh, do you clearly. think it should have been called Space Hunter, or do you think it should have been called Adventures in the Forbidden Zone? He's not a space just, hunter. They're not in space for ninety nine percent of the movie. Uh, Technically, Anthony, he was in space for 100% of the movie. <laughs> We're all in space all the time if you want to be an ass about it. Yes, Chris. Uh, it, here's the reason why it could, should have been called Space Hunter. Adventures in the Forbidden Zone is too long. It's too, many it's, too long, it's, it's too long a subtitle, right? Sure. Let's just go ahead and get a couple things out of the way. One, this movie was directed by a guy named Lamont Johnson. Lamont Johnson is no longer with us. Fairly prolific when it comes to being an actor and director. As a director, 85 credits. A lot of stuff. You may have seen some of these things. And what I mean by that is like it, some of the things that this person has made looks like some of the things that we might have reviewed. Yeah. Dangerous Company, Crisis at Central High, uh, <laughs> Carrie Ann and Little Britches, right? Lots of television. Yeah. Lots of TV. So that's cool. They got a veteran actor to make it or a veteran television director to make a movie produced by Ivan Reitman, who I don't know if you know who that is. Ivan Reitman has produced and directed the following movies, Ghostbusters, Twins, Ghostbusters 2, Kindergarten Cop, Dave, Junior, Six Days and Seven Nights, Evolution, My Super Ex-Girlfriend, No Strings Attached, and then finally, Draft Day. Oh, and Stripes. So, you know, if you're a fan of late 80s to early 90s comedy, you know Ivan Reitman's work. Space Hunter Adventures in the Forbidden Zone holds a special place in the kind of post-Star Wars ripoff phase there's been several bubbles in Hollywood. The first big bubble was cowboy movies. Cowboy movies dominated yeah. Hollywood in the 30s, 40s, and um, up until the 50s. Um, well, they maybe stopped a bit being, longer, yeah. Well, well, like when they were in their super prime, every movie was a cowboy movie. And then World War II kind of put a stop on that for a little bit. And then they made more cowboy movies. And then that bubble kind of burst. And so you got you you no longer had like the lame, everyone is the hero or, or um, John Wayne's got to be the hero because he's John Wayne. That guy's mm-hmm. got to be the bad guy because he wears a black hat. Later on, we had postmodern cowboy movies with morally gray characters. That's not what we're talking about. And then we had pirate movies. Pirate movies were a thing for about 10, 15 years. They started to fall off. And then we had Cutthroat Island. And it just kind of killed all pirate movies until Pirates of the Caribbean. Do you consider Pirates of the Caribbean a pirate movie? Maybe the yes. first one. I think of it Mid- more of a fantasy with a pirate the, trimming. I guess... Yeah. It has the word pirate in the title. Uh, Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> is Pirates of Silicon Valley a pirate movie? Good question. Uh, yes. And then in the late 80s, the buddy cop movie genre really took off. And we're still kind of into that. We still have buddy cop movies. They're still popular. Now they're just not police officers. Or yeah. o- or only one of them's a police officer. The other one's a civilian or A an novelist. Actor. Yeah, uh, whatever. An archaeologist. Right? Sure. Or anthropolo- anthropologist, whatever. Yeah. But for a brief moment, after Star Wars, A New Hope came out, several other movies immediately jumped onto the bandwagon. And a very popular one that I've suggested for the both of us many times that I've not seen is called Battle Beyond the Stars. It is described as an American space opera film directed by, uh, I'm sorry, produced by Roger Corman. If the name Roger Corman does not ring a bell for you, I feel sad. (laughs) He has produced literally almost every single thing possible. (laughs) Just All go look it. at his IMDb. You're welcome. What what makes this movie great for me is everyone knows that it's bad in the movie, right? 
Yeah. Everyone knows. The people on set know. The cameraman knows. The people in those weird fat suits know. Uh, the, yeah. the guy whose arm was a dragon knows. Everyone knows that it's a bad movie. And that kind of gives it a lot of character for me. We watched a, like, not a, a not a short film, like, or a series of short films. What was the, with the naked lady in space with the cross? You know what I'm talking about? No, oh, I was actually uh, thinking about that movie earlier today. Okay. We watched it on Shudder. Yes. So uh, look that up for me, please. I'm looking it up. In an effort to disguise their lack of budget, what they decided to do was saturate all the colors, turn up the contrast on the camera, mm-hmm. and then kind of just... Oh, like just, you know, film either extremely close or a wide shot or a static shot and just use CGI to fill in the blanks. Well, they couldn't do that in 1983. What instead they did is someone took the sepia filter, stacked it a couple times and then filmed this movie. And apparently they decided to film it on Mars because it is all red. I think red is the predominant color. It's very sandy. It's very dusty. It, uh, I, I was so reading about the production because it was done and it was filmed in 3D. They used two cameras at once. And I wonder if some oh. of the color choices are because of the 3D oh, probably. camera. Yeah. I, it was the first thing I noticed as well. I was like, wow, this is washed out. Uh, this <laughs> Sincerely. Is one, this is, this is yeah. a uh, Xbox 360 game circa 2008. <laughs> it's just gray and occasionally green. I don't understand. Oh, look, it's a little bit of brown. Mm. I recently watched a speed run of Army of Two, and I was like, wow, this game is one color. Wow. <laughs> brown and <laughs> brown with a little bit of gray. Yep. You mentioned it already with all the props in, in, the, in the production crew. I'm, su- like, I'm surprised it, the budget was only 14, 14 to, or $12 million. I feel like just the amount of junk that they had is worth more than $14 million. Oh, yeah. I mean, like even like his custom, like the vehicles. Yeah. He drove around. And I was like, what is that? Is that a Jeep? Is that a hum? It looks like maybe a Humvee they tore down and they were completely rebuilt, like using the, the frame. I, I don't know. It was, if being honest, it's probably just a Toyota YJ Cruiser or something. Oh, probably. Also, the, the movie you were thinking of was Blood Machines. Yes, Blood Machines. Yes. Episode 85. In that movie, all the scenes when they have to like show any technology, it's just junk Mm-hmm. That's kind of cobbled together. Like I've already, I sent you the title for this movie earlier today after I finished watching it. Sad Max. But like when they're on the train thing with the sails, like just all the different props that they had where it's like, cool, this is a shield. Well, you know, it's not really a shield. It's just, it's a piece of a metal trash can. We're just going to paint it chrome. Cool. Rocking. Look, we've got sails. No, those aren't sails. You know, they're just banners on sticks. Rocking. Go. I, I had a lot of fun. In this movie, there were several parts, one particular scene where I had to go back and make sure that uh, <laughs> it definitely was rated PG. Yeah, this is pre-PG-13, so... Th- there were a couple scenes where I was very nervous about what I was about to see for the pod. Yeah. But I think that for the most part, all the actors do a pretty good job. Michael Ironside just goes for it. He's in full makeup. I didn't even recognize him. The only reason I know he's Michael Ironside because I looked at the credits at, um, in the <laughs> middle of watching the show. I, Ernie Hudson's in this film. How much money did he have to get to be in Ghostbusters making this movie? Like, oh, you want me to be in Ghostbusters? You remember when I was in Space Hunter? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, then, you know, of course, Molly Ringwald, you know, if you don't, if you know, you know. Peter Strauss, though, interesting yeah, career. Kind of like, uh, at least in this movie, a little bit of a 
Charlton Heston, like his chin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got a lot of Charlton Heston. I think most people are going to go straight to Harrison Ford because of the obvious Han Solo comparison, but I think it's more Charlton Heston in space than it like, is anything his else. His look. Like he just, uh-huh. I did like, I, I got a little bit of Han Solo because of his action jacket. Han Solo has stolen the action jacket from <laughs> anyone else, from everyone in sci-fi. You cannot wear a vest in sci-fi without being compared to Han Solo. Yeah. I didn't really get Han Solo vibes. Like I was like, cool. No. He's kind of like Han Solo, but I didn't really, I wasn't really feeling it. And it makes sense that you talked about how they kind of rewrote the dialogue. I remember reading here that, where was it? It was difficult because things were always changing. We changed the script entirely. I ended up really liking Lamont, but it was very confusing, especially in the beginning. I figured maybe I could change the dialogue. It turned out to be, (laughs) as it turned out, they were desperate to change the dialogue. (laughs) Yeah, apparently, like, their original Strauss or Wolf and Nikki's relationship was going to be very different, like, antagonistic. Yeah. Um, And you get that a little bit towards the beginning of the film, but he definitely thaws and kind of warms up and... Um, I'm certainly glad that they didn't try to do any sort of romance. I think like oh, knowing wow. now that Raleigh, Re- that she was 15 when this movie was being made, I'm much they happier now. They definitely avoided that. And I mean, yeah. she, he even calls her a baby at one point. After yeah. she cleans up, she's, he's like, oh, you're like, you're like a yeah. kid. Yeah. Yeah. I, they're relate Like the relationship makes sense in terms of Wolf because like, yeah, he's this hard edged gruff space guy, but he's not a piece of shit. <laughs> do you remember- <laughs> you know do you remember in Star Wars Episode Seven, The Force Awakens? Yeah, Han Solo takes Rey under his wing reluctantly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think that they were just ripping off Space Hunter adventures oh, in the Forbidden Zone? Most definitely, Desert <laughs> Planet saves her from a life of slavery. I'm just saying. <laughs> it came full he circle. Has, he has the action jacket. Yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think Peter Strauss, uh, what I remember him most from is 100% Triple uh, X State of the Union, where he played I, President James Sanford. I'll be honest. I've never seen the second Triple X uh, movie. It, it, it could be on our podcast. <laughs> There's fair. I've actually never finished it. The, my roommate at the time, and I say roommate in the loosest term possible, I was uh, I was couch surfing right out of high school, and uh, he had a big one of those big binders full of DVDs. You know what I'm talking about? Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no one else does. And uh, <laughs> I was like, fine. Like I was, I would just watch a different movie or two every day. And so I, I put in Triple X State of the Union, and the DVD was scratched, and it wouldn't play the last ten minutes of the movie. And oh, I no. said, Ah, that's fine. <laughs> just I've never <laughs> I finished it. I'm, I don't I'm need it. I'm good. It, I'll be honest. I'll yeah. be honest. I just finished scrolling through his IMDb. Mm-hmm. I've never seen anything this guy is in ever. Not that I'm aware of. No. no, like he's in Duckman as a as a voice. Yep. He he was well, he's in a in bunch an... of episodes of The Incredible Hulk, SVU, yeah. Grey's Anatomy. But I I don't remember. Like I'm sure I've seen him on screen. I just don't. Biker Mike, Biker Mice from Mars. Yeah. I mean, he was Way in a, a, a some, I don't know, what is it? Grey's Anatomy. He did his stint in Law and Order, an episode sure. or whatever, at least. Uh, it's hard to tell on Wikipedia how much he actually did, but yeah, a bunch of television. Um, he, so, his career never really went anywhere. Um, I mean, I guess. I, I say, he, sorry, he didn't have, he didn't have big, big fame. He obviously yeah. is a, a working actor. He's making his money. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Uh, he's probably better off than the vast majority of people. 
It's just Space Hunter didn't launch his career like it did mm-hmm. Molly Ringwald's. True. Yeah. She owes it. She owes it all to Space Hunter. Space Hunter. <laughs> Adventures in the Forbidden Zone. He's kind of he's he's like a he's kind of like a poor man's Cranston. I mean, I guess yeah, thirty years well, too early, yeah. Well, no, I just like because if like he. They had kind of like the same career almost, mm. right? Like Brian Cranston was in a bunch of television and then he got that big break into film, you know. At least that's what it appears on the surface. I'm not saying that they ever like I'm not saying that they were fighting each other for parts. Oh, uh sure. dude was born in 47. <laughs> uh Peter Strauss that is. But yeah, like he's just he's been in a lot of TV, you know. Not a yeah, whole lot. That's of fine. That's so, fine. Yeah. Hours are probably better. Yeah. I say probably cuz I have no idea. So this film, aesthetically, it kind of jumps genres a few times or not genres, but maybe like time periods. Like the beginning feels very pulpy. This feels like 50s or 60s science fiction yeah. uh, with the three ladies, their haircuts, like their, the, space the, their space suits, the, the use of the miniatures and the explosion in space that's just sparks, which, you know, whatever. And... I'm like, okay, we're about to get like a 50s-style damsel in distress thing. And it is still very pulpy, but it it changes. It does that Mad Max bit, and then it has a little bit of... Uh, well, it has actually a little bit of Star Wars. I swear there was an R2-D2 sound effect when he kicks his console. <laughs> uh, so there's a little bit of Star Wars, and then a little bit of Mad Max, and then there's the mutant creatures. So there's a little bit of horror involved. And then there's the Amazonian women I don't even know were they breathing underwater I couldn't tell when he has the best line in the entire film <laughs> he's surrounded by these amphibious mutant women who while not I guess not super like re- they're not wearing anything super revealing are, are definitely wearing like skin tight or or you know you can tell that they're they're women I guess is how I would put it and they go oh look at him he looks good for breeding and she goes I don't think breeding he'd survive. With yeah, I don't think he'd, he'd survive breeding with us. And then Peter Strauss, I'll take that bet. <laughs> like it's suddenly like, it's a comedy. I lost it. I just started laughing. I'm like, this is that's great. That's real good. It's it's like my favorite Riker moment in the earliest seasons of TNG, where he he's on the Klingon ship and and she's like he's like I'll have him. And then she <laughs> then the, the lady walks away. And then he's like, "Do you think you can handle them?" He's like, "Both of them." And all the other, all the other things are like, "Oh." <laughs> that episode's a great episode, man. Yeah, that's a good app. Good app. Yeah, the crazy guy from Cobra's in it. <laughs> you would remember that. Hell yeah, I would. Overall, I think that part of the reason this film has a low rating is well, one, they probably spent way too much money trying to make it three D. Could have put some of that money into production. Uh, I do think the script could have used one more pass through before they started filming. <laughs> Would have been good. Uh, just just tighten some things up, you know. Some tighten some things up. If this had been a direct to DVD release, we'd all be calling it a seven, right? But it releases in theaters a week before Re- uh, Return of the Jedi. There's no way that it it does well. Like they had to know. Also, what is Michael Ironside doing in this film? <laughs> Killing it. That's what he's doing. <laughs> what still. He's he killing doing? it. He's the uh, creepiest. I mean, on purpose, obviously. Like he's just a creepy dude. How long? Like I guess, like because of the makeup and whatnot, he had to have been on set for a, a while because 
of how long it would take to get him into the big robot suit. Let's see, one, two, three, four. Looks Gosh. like his tw- like looks like his twentieth credit. Twentieth. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Only 20. no, I, I I think I agree. I think I agree to a certain extent. Like uh, this movie's absolute biggest problem is that they they decided to copy Star Wars, right? I mean, like almost mm. there's a <laughs> something crash lands on a desert planet, right? Yeah, and then uh, a local joins with an outsider, and then they leave the planet. You know, yeah, a, a Death Star doesn't explode. That's fine, whatever. A ship does explode at the beginning. We do get that's our space saying. explosion. Yeah, that that's this movie's biggest problem. I thought the music was fun. Like uh, like all the if, all the sound effects, I thought were pretty good. Some of the visual effects, yeah. What are you gonna do? It's eighty three. Um, uh, sure. Were the laser blasts any worse than the you know the? Well, I think on the other hand, it also suffers from being so close to Star Wars that it has to be different. Yeah, I get right? that. So like if you think about like um what's a more recent uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy I think is a movie that a lot of people really like. It's science fiction, right? And you got your special his your main character is some special person eventually and there's a bunch of aliens, but it that movie as it is ignoring you know the effects of the you know, modern effects couldn't be released next to Star Wars in in the early 80s. It's way too similar in aesthetics. Now we get to be like, oh yeah, there's space lasers. We just, that's what Star Wars did. We can just do that. But back then they couldn't, they had to be unique. And so it's a kind of, it's a bit of both. It's a, it's, I guess it all boils down to the fact that it's going to be compared to Star Wars because of the timing, no matter what you do. And that's both good and bad. You're not going to do it better. Not on a budget of $12 million while you're filming in 3D uh, with a, you know, with a somewhat untested, uh, not untested, but younger actors. And I, I don't know. It's not really fair. It's not fair to it. Yeah. Um, no, I, I agree. Like I said, I, yeah, we I keep really comparing it, it to other things, but like it, it's, it's good. And those, like those comparisons are good. When I say it's like Han Solo or Charlton Heston landed on a, a Charlton Heston as Han Solo lands on a, a mutant planet and basically goes in, on a Mad Max style rampage, like quest. That's good. I'm comparing it to all these things, these pulpy things. It's good. I like it. I like the combination of things. It's not every day I, you know, I get a, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a food analogy here. Because like I normally get a Caesar, but I don't I don't have enough left over for the Caesar, and I don't have enough for a house salad. So I mixed them together, and it tasted delicious. Will I do it again? Probably not, no. but it was great. <laughs> like yeah, like all those things work together. No nah, man, they'll come after know. you. They'll will come they? after you. They I will. Find they? Out. Well, I did it. I did it. The salad well, please. They're coming. Did you have speaking of bits? Did you have an idiot of the movie? Uh, I do. Unfortunately, it is going to be Andrea Markovici playing one Chalmers. Who's, which one was Chalmers? Was he the kid? No, Chalmers is the gynoid, which is or the fembot. Oh, that's the right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Why? And the reason why I'm saying that they're an idiot is because in a shootout, in a in a firefight, she's leaning out the window. Yeah. What, Close uh, the window. Why is there not like a like a cage or like a blast shield? Uh, it's just, uh, no, there was one. She just didn't close it. Yeah. She's my idiot as well. Hundred yeah. percent. Did you catch that she was a cyborg before they showed her innards? Well, no. I mean that's the whole point of like a Fembot or or an Android is you don't know oh, the okay. difference or whatever. I, like, I called it. Oh. Well, when she's she starts to say the word money 
and then she starts like winding down while she's just starts and he like grabs her on the shoulder and she like kicks back up and i'm like oh she's an android oh got it that's fair i mean i thought they like they did bury the lead really well but there was there were a couple of little clues i guess well for me they seemed like a very flirty couple a little yeah so i thought that i thought that was like like some like there was like a uh, like a like an intimate relationship there so she's like stuttering on purpose and then he's like quit playing around oh no. <laughs> that's what i mean that's what i got from it gotcha but no i didn't see it yeah oh, and i guess we we really didn't talk about i mean wolf might be the idiot of the movie if we want to talk about the first like the introduction of his character and how much of a scumbag he is <laughs> <laughs> or i mean his total disregard for it support <laughs> <laughs> complete disregard <laughs> for proper technical support yeah yeah, no, it's definitely Chalmers. Here's the bit that I was going to resurrect. Cameo Corner. Oh. And we have an honest-to-God cameo. Okay. Colin Mokri, famous for Whose Line Is It Anyway? Um, and several other things, oh. is uncredited as Guard. Guard. Wow. <laughs> I, didn't, and, I didn't look at the list, so I didn't see that. Interesting. And then Harold Ramis, whose voice I did recognize, is the voice on the intercom. Oh, this is his first credit. Oh, or not really. He's not yeah. really credited. So uh, <laughs> it's his first listing on IMDb, is Space yeah. Hunter Adventures in the Forbidden Zone. Interesting. Very, very cool. Yeah, it's very cool. But um, that hey, look, you did a bit that made sense. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Did you notice uh, anyone missing from this movie? Missing. Yeah, I, I, there was a severe lack of Kelsey Grammer from this movie. There, I yeah, I guess I didn't notice Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> Who is your Kelsey Grammer? If I had to put Kelsey Grammer in this film, if I had to put 1983's Kelsey Grammer in this film. Let's see what he was doing in 1983. Please, let me know. Uh, Kelsey Grammer, 1983. Oh, he wasn't acting. No, what hold was on. his first credit? Hold on, hold on. No, I, was, I clicked on the wrong thing. Uh, he was in a show called Kennedy. Yep, yep. And he was in. He also did Macbeth the year before. Of course he did. Yeah, I, no, I don't think anything you would have seen. Let's see. I'm just. I'm gonna look back. Okay. I think that he plays one of the like. I don't know what they what were. They like freedom fighters or whatever. The group of people that were against Overdog who snuck in. Scavs. The scavs. Yeah, he plays one of yeah. them. The older one. Okay. Yeah, that's that's what he did. Okay. What about you? How would you cast KG? He's the dragon. Oh. He's the water dragon. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Can he like, be one of the super strong pig people that got hatched from the webs in a fat suit? Can I do <laughs> can I change my my answer? No, 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 no. No, I'm serious though. Like, and the reason why I'm serious that he's the dragon is because he's not a puppet. Mm. He's like a he's like a humanoid, like fee, fi, fo, fum, like that kind of yeah. like he's gonna eat yeah. him. Okay. Yeah, get shot. That's my KG. So. Okay. I mean, so my KG, he's Captain right. Morgan Bateson. He swings by at the end and goes, what are y'all doing on this planet? Y'all knew it was quarantined. Let's go. And then in, shortly after that, he gets caught oh, in some sort loop? of time yeah. loop thing. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Jeez, man. Jeez. 127 acting credits for this guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Extensive. Yeah. He's still got some coming. He's still got some coming. <laughs> the wow. Frasier remake, apparently, that they're actually going to do. Oh, they're going to do like a continuation season? Yeah. 
Did you know that he, up, up until the time when that show ended, I think I've talked about this before, that he is the, the longest played character mm. in, in consecutive years at, oh, in because, Between Cheers and Frasier. Yeah. 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 Very cool. At the time, yeah. I'm sure someone's beat him out by now because there's like 17 seasons of NCIS. So Yeah, probably. <laughs> Mark Harmon's <laughs> well, like, yeah. hold my beer. 11 years of uh, Frasier and then... Nine or eleven years of cheers. Jeez, so. jeez, awesome. Uh, did, were there any other bits you were trying to resurrect? No, negative. All right, negative. awesome. Well, uh, it sounds like we're recommending this film. If you like pulpy old sci-fi, and you can uh, <laughs> look past some uh, some obvious faults, uh, it's it's fun. I enjoyed it. It is def. It's rated PG. It's definitely more PG thirteen. I wouldn't watch it with any young children. I mean, there's no blood. There's just like. Just, uh, there's some cursing, and then there's some scary yeah. images, and some of the. Uh, uh, would you call it sexual content? No. What would you call it? it, it it's adult content. Adult content. <laughs> it's a little creepy like, in that uh, regard. The, yeah. The I guess the part of it that's even like like the ending maze part is like I guess to a child, like a young young child, that sure. would be genuinely scary. So yeah. we didn't really talk about it. Like it turns into the Running Man at the end. <laughs> Does turning into the running. Yeah, I was I was, I half expected Jesse Ventura to be the weird car thing. Like after it breaks down, he pops out like. Ugh. We should start casting Jesse Ventura in all of our stuff. <laughs> oh uh, man, now I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. So worth the price of subscription because I didn't even have to make an account on Tubi to yeah, watch. Yeah, thanks awesome. Tubi. That was awesome. Yeah, like, I appreciate. You want an that. account so you can keep track of your stuff, or you do not care? And I was like, I don't care. Yeah. Boom. Watch Shout this. out to Tubi TV. Yeah, that was good. I might um I we we should uh, scroll through there and try to find some other uh some other good yeah. sci-fi. Yeah. All right, so next week continuing our low budget sci-fi recommendations, we'll be watching the film Dark Star. Dark Star. Which I believe is John Carpenter's first feature film. Mm. The blurb reads, In the far reaches of space, a small crew, 20 years into their, into their solitary mission, find things beginning to go hilariously wrong. <laughs> the tagline Let's says, uh, The Spaced Out Odyssey, the mission of the strange love generation. As director. This is released in 1975, and it is, it is rated G. I guess it's his first full-length film. Right, his first feature film. shorts, yeah. yeah. This is his first then. feature film, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to watching that. It'll be a little different uh, to hopefully, it sounds like, get some comedy in here. It's, it's been a while since we've watched a comedy movie. Actually, have <laughs> we watched a movie that was deliberately comedy? Tom and Jerry. Oh my God. How did I forget about Tom and Jerry? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I guess Cyborg X. Uh, no. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to watching that. That should be a lot of fun. Uh, if y'all are wanting to watch it before uh, listening to the pod next week, it is on Amazon Prime Video. And I'm sure several other sites to rent or buy yeah. or whatever. If you enjoyed the episode, we'd appreciate if you gave us that five-star review on iTunes or Podchaser or Good Pods or the little thumbs up or heart or follow, whatever it is on your podcatcher of choice to show your support. We really appreciate it. And if you have suggestions for other things we should watch, you can email us, scifiwiseguys at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on Twitter at scifiwiseguys. You can add us or DM us. We're still there. We're not getting a blue check mark. That would literally double the budget we have for this podcast. So yeah. not doing it. 
No, um, thanks. But we promise we're real. <laughs> yeah. And, and when you're done with all that, please share us with some of your friends. Yeah. And if they don't like it, share it with your enemies. Yeah. Stay healthy. Stay hydrated. And if you find yourself in the forbidden zone, uh, look for <laughs> Look for a guy that kind of looks like Han Solo. <laughs> yeah, just leave. Yeah, just, yeah. oh, my bad, guys. I'm out. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. forbidden. Yeah. I can't be in here. What, what about go. when you look up the planet and it's like, oh, everyone there is infected and uh, they're all sick. Yeah, let's go. And I was like, is yeah. he not wearing a helmet? He's not. He didn't wear, he didn't mask up. He had never been through what we've been through, Chris. He didn't know how to handle it. The sequel to that movie was never made because, every, every you know, the, the logical next step was for all of the characters to die. <laughs> From the various from <laughs> diseases, diseases and that they've gone, whatever yeah. they got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a long outro. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>